Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hello? 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 I can... I can hear you, Rudy. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Three of us can hear, yeah. We can't hear CJ. We can't hear CJ. The intro came on. It's kind of soft. I don't know. Um... He said he was trying to keep his son-in-law asleep, so maybe he's just talking quietly. It'd be a whisper. I don't know. You got a message from him saying, you three are going. Does that mean he's out or I have to get my phone? Okay, he'll be joining us in a few minutes, it seems like. He said he has to get his phone. I don't know, maybe he's having audio trouble, so... Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL. I can't, I can't remember what actual number episode it is, but it's a lot. We're in the 500s, I think, now. Maybe we're in the 600s. I don't know, but um, uh, Charles Cliff here call, talking. Uh, PJ is, I guess, having some uh, temporary um, audio issues, so he should be joining us here in a few minutes. Uh, so we'll talk so you're not getting a bunch of dead air. Uh, so good evening to everybody. We had a very, very interesting week of football. Not exactly a happy week for me on Sunday, but hey, those are the breaks. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's where you play the game. But here we are again. A fresh new week starts tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. So I'm here, and uh, we got two other people with me here at the moment. I see Jay Sigby along in a few minutes. He said he was going to get a phone, so I think maybe he was having an issue with the mic, which is not the first time we've had that. Uh, so I'll bring the other two in. Uh, good evening, Will. How are you doing tonight? Hello. Sorry, did you, did you say my name, Charles? Yes, I said, good evening, Will. Oh, okay. You're kind of muffled. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm good. We actually, we actually got to watch some pretty decent football last weekend, actually. For the first you time did. in a while, I thought a couple of the games were quite competitive, which was kind of nice. Yep. Actually, most of the games are competitive. There was one blowout. I think pretty much the game on Thursday night was a blowout, but yep. uh, that was by the team that hadn't won a game yet, and they blew right. somebody else. So, they, they deserve the blowout. Yep. Yeah. Hello. Well, I thought uh, your team, Calgary, was uh, a bit unlucky. We're not two days back now. Okay. Cool. 
Yeah. Hello, is this better? Yeah, we yep. can hear you. We can actually hear you now. I don't know what happened. We were talking just fine. The whole thing, the blog talk comes on, and and my my yeah. broadcasting mic just turns off, and it won't work again. Yeah, so you, I don't know what's the matter. No sound whatsoever. I'm sorry. You have no, no sound whatsoever. Once the blog talk intro was over, there was no sound whatsoever. Right, but what about now? Is my sound okay? Yeah, no, you're fine. You're fine. No, you sound fine now. Okay, okay. So let's let's start this over, eh? Shall we? Sure. Okay. What the hell? Why not? Right? This is Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number five hundred and forty-four. I'm your host, Chris Jones, coming to you from Merritt, British Columbia. Uh, Merritt, the only place in British Columbia that's not currently on fire. Um, that's true. You know, everywhere, whether it's the Shushwap, the Kelowna, Karameas, Lillooet, out on the West Coast, Vancouver Island, up north, Fort St. John, the entire province is on fire right now, and uh, we're not. So, touch wood, it was great. We had that back in 2021, and we don't need it again. Uh, so, anyhow, we've got all sorts of things that are happening and wonderful in this world. Maui got wiped out, that happened. Uh, we now have another COVID virus that's going on around, pandemic that's starting. In fact, my, the hospital my mother's in down in the lower mainland, Eagle Ridge Hospital, just got shut down or locked down because of a COVID outbreak inside of the hospital. My mother's 93 years old. I'm not, uh, this is not a wonderful thing at all, so I'm kind of upset about that one. And uh, I'm working too much, so... I don't know. There's a whole pile of things that are going on. There's a whole pile of other things that are happening right now. I don't know what it is. This world's gone fucking crazy, and uh, there's not much we can do about it. So we might as well just talk football because uh, we can talk politics forever. Because who knows what the hell's going on? Uh, one thing that you know, the the one thing that Sparky was bitching about, or everybody else was back in the pandemic. Do you remember the whole thing about the ivermectin that I talked about, and everybody said, "Oh, that's a that's a horse drug." Da 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 da. FDA just finally approved it for the treatment of COVID. They actually broke down and they they retracted everything they said about it and said that it actually cures COVID. So the FDA just approved it. Kind of weird. Um, that happened last week, actually. So. Uh, moving on, let's just get jump in, talk some football, introduce the boys, and that's what we can do. So, uh, Charles, step up to the plate, say hello. Hello, everybody. Good evening. To correct you, we're not on fire here in amateur right now either, so just so you know. Yeah, I mean, the major cities are not that bad, except Kelowna. Kelowna's pretty bad. Uh, Kelowna itself Kelowna's is really bad. West yeah. Kelowna. West West Kelowna was really well, bad. Well, so the, the outcomes, yeah, it's bad. It's not like uh, Yellowknife. Yellowknife, the entire town's been evacuated, so we don't really know what's going on up there. But so we'll see what right. happens. Anyhow, so yeah, um, they got this stupid thing on Facebook now where you can't share news, so it's hard to get news oh, from places because you're not allowed to share it. Can you, can you believe that That's motherfucking stupid. shit? Like, seriously, is, is that not what this is all about? And then Trudeau gets onto the, on, on TV and he starts bitching about the fact that the people aren't getting the proper news that they should be about these wildfires. I'm a fucking idiot. You're the cause of this. 
It was you that did this, you idiot. How, how did anybody ever vote for that guy? I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Let's not talk politics. Let's go to football. William, welcome right. to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I am good. And as I said earlier, when we first started the show, we actually got to watch some pretty good football last week. All right, there was a couple of games that were really there was a couple of games that were really competitive. A team a team that went winless is now in the win column, and that's only a good thing. And uh, they did it with a Canadian, did I say Canadian, Canadian quarterback as well, who didn't look bad at me. at all. Something to talk about. Hundred um, percent, yeah, we can I mean, to talk about that. Yeah, so that was good. I, so. I I even thought the BC game was good, even though they lost. Yeah, it was well, a good game was, of football. It was it was competitive, and BC almost came back. So, well, and, and, they, and they just ran out of time. They would have come back. They just they didn't start to come back soon enough. Correct. Uh, but we'll Correct. talk we'll talk about that game, Ru- Rudy. How are you doing, Charles? Charles, hang on. Uh, sorry, not Charles. William. William, how are you doing? What's going on? Are you, fine. you doing okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. My wife is feeling much better these days. It's not good. Not, not, nothing, nothing is on fire here, which is a good thing. Actually, it's been raining for two days now. Well, and, uh, clear the yeah. air up. Yeah, and it's kind of smoky, but it's clearing the air because it's raining. And yeah, and two days of acid rain. Okay. Everything's yeah. all good. Rudy, Rudy, how are you doing? Welcome good. I enjoyed a week in I enjoyed a week in Calgary and uh, had fun at the game. It was uh, a defensive struggle, but uh, I enjoyed my time after the game. I ran to the uh, they were honoring the '98 uh, Stampeder team, so uh, I talked to Jeff Garcia for about 15 minutes. That was a good chat. And uh, Fred Childress was there, and Calvin Anderson, Wally. I just missed Wally. He just left earlier. So, yeah, it was fun. Uh, those guys are awesome. And uh, and uh, they were still nice to me, even though I was dressed in uh, my blue bomber jersey. But uh, it was good times. And uh, I enjoyed the – I always enjoy Calgary. So, it's a good city. Yeah. Okay. So, like uh, William had suggested, we have uh, we had four games of football this week, and some of them were pretty damn amazing. Um, the Edmonton Elks went into Hamilton and played the Ticats, and this one was a game for the ages for the Edmonton Elks, who were 0-9 on the season, and they're still minus 22 on the home front. So, this game was in Hamilton. And uh, they actually played some amazing football. Uh, like Will had said, Trey Ford, uh, Canadian kid, he, he actually played some good football. Ended up being player of the week, a player of the week honors. And uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. And uh, Edmonton Elks uh, got their first win of the season. But uh, we're going to talk about this game. William, you, you step up. You started this off with this game. What's your take on it now? Did you enjoy it? My take on this? is I cannot believe how bad Hamilton is this year. I thought in the offseason they signed a whole bunch of defensive players 
And that I'm hasn't worked for them. Yeah. And that hasn't worked for them. That hasn't worked for them at all. And it also doesn't no. help when you're on your fourth string quarterback either. So they're um, not. You know what? Are they? Well, 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 yes, they are. I didn't. Who is the quarterback in Hamilton? Never heard of the guy. Anybody else? His name is, is Powell. Was it Powell? I, I, I can't think remember who he played. Yeah, isn't he the third stringer behind Mitchell and Schlitz? No, I'm sure he wasn't. There's, I'm sure the. I mean, they traded Pipkin last week, right? Because he was in Hamilton, and they sent him to Saskatchewan. So Antonio Pipkin, yeah. I can't remember who the last guy, the last guy, but he wasn't very good. And uh, you know, what do you expect from a first-string guy who's got no experience or third-string, whatever he is? He had no experience. So I'm, uh, I'm thinking. If Hamilton can, they're going to probably clean house at the end of the season. If they can, I don't know yeah. how long the contracts are for these, these guys. It's hard to say. Other than Scott Milan, which I'm going to say. So, but yeah, there's not much more you can say about that. Edmonton, they were due to win, and Hamilton just happens to be shittier than, than Edmonton is right now. And, and I think in that game you saw you saw um, Edmonton's defense. They came up fairly big, but like I said before, they weren't uh, really playing a starting quarterback. So, who knows? Anyway, go ahead. Edmonton, Edmonton played a really good game of football. Uh, did they play well enough to beat Winnipeg, Calgary, Toronto, BC? I don't think so. But you never know. I lumped Calgary in there, and I probably shouldn't have. We're going to find out real soon with the two Labor Day games coming up, or Labor Day and, their, day and the, the return Battle of Alberta coming right back up. This is an important two games for both of these teams. If Edmonton can take both of these games, all of a sudden they're, they're sitting in, in not, they're not in third place, but they're a strong fourth place in, in the East. Or in the West, they're in a crossover position if they could do that. Calgary's the same thing. If they can take two from Edmonton, they're they're probably going to overtake Saskatchewan. So, I mean, these are monumental games coming up. They're going to they're quite important. Are are they going to split them? Who knows, right? What's going to happen? The future, crystal ball. But the game was good. Edmonton played good. I'm pretty impressed with them. But I just are are. Are they going to be able to beat Ottawa, Montreal, Saskatchewan? Or, yeah, probably. I can see them winning three or four more games this year. Charles, Edmonton, Hamilton. Charles? I'm going to take partial credit for this win because I believe this is the first time this season I picked Edmonton to win. And they went on to win. So, hey, a partial crash. No. But, you know, it's, just, uh, it's probably, well, forget probably. It's the best game that Edmonton has played all season. Geez, maybe they should have gone to straight forward maybe three, four, five weeks ago, like everyone else was saying, instead of using plumbers like um, uh, like they did, what's his face? Who was the guy? Caleb Cornelius or... Uh, that um, whatever 
Jared Doji, Doji or Doji or whatever it is. Although, to be fair, Taylor Cornelius maybe play, pulled off uh, the play of the game where he did the uh, fake short yardage uh, fake and then dropped back and threw the ball downfield to, of all people, A.C. Leonard, who makes a one-handed grab uh, for a big gain on a, on a third-down gamble. It was a, um, well, he had a one catch for 45 yards. Believe it or not, he was second in receiving yards on the Elks with that one play. But, uh, hey, give uh, Trey Ford all the credit in the world. He came in, he got the start. He went 13 of 18 for 174 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty big quarterbacking stats for the Elks. Probably the best stats of any quarterback for the Elks this season. And they had a nice running game, too, with Kevin Brown, 16 carries for 89 yards. So they had their offense going. It's really the first time this season you can actually say that about the Elks because they really – up until now, have not had any sort of real sustained offensive success. And you're right, against a better team, maybe they still don't get the win, but they weren't playing a better team. They were playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who are uh, um, uh, losing streak pure right now. So, um, good on uh, Edmonton to finally. Uh, I actually feel good for the Elks fans, even though, you know, uh, you know, Edmonton fans throughout the years have not been favorites of mine and so on, but they put up with so much crap over this year and last year. It's finally nice to see something good happen for those people because they've had so much crap they've put up with. So good for them, good for the Elks to finally get in the win column. We don't have any more winless teams, which is good. Hamilton is a mess right now. Uh, Taylor Powell, I think you mentioned that he's third or fourth string, and he is not a guy that should be starting in a professional football team. The guy was horribly ineffective. The only player on the tie catch that had any sort of uh, effectiveness at all was James Butler, who ran for 116 yards, but he's not going to be able to save the game by himself, and quite frankly, without him, they really have no offense at all whatsoever. Their defense was not very good, but then again, they were on the field most of the night, so that probably uh, accounted for it. Everything we're saying now is about Hamilton, except we've said about Edmonton for most of this year, so uh, they finally turn the tables and get a win, and Hamilton's in uh, some big trouble, I think. Okay. Charles, I want to ask you a question. Um, you, you're saying that this is probably the best game that the Elks have played so far this year. Is that that, that you did say that right? All around game, yeah, yeah, all around game. How, yeah. how did you like? Yeah, well, how about their game against Winnipeg the week before? Much stronger opponent, and did they not play a, a, an amazing game of football? And then Winnipeg just kind of for, took over. For, but for I mean, they, half, they still for one they half, put, they, for one they half, didn't they collapse in the second half. Well, they the just got out of play. Yeah, but you look at the first half, and then you get seven in the second half. That's kind of a collapse to me. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was five, but yeah. They were great in the first half of that game. But if you want to talk about an all-around performance and overall a like, complete game performance, I got to go about last week over the week before because the week before wasn't a complete performance. They they blew a lead in the second half at home. Okay, but did did, did they? 
That, that's my point. Yes, they did. Here. Did, they, did. Did they really collapse, or did Winnipeg just wake up and Winnipeg was a dominant team? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It, the you know, they definitely won't come, but your defense has got to be able to rise to the occasion, too, and they didn't. Yeah. I just think they were outclassed. I mean, if they, if they had done that to, say, Saskatchewan or something, Edmonton would have won the game. Well, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, William, you went on a Rudy. What do you what do you think of this game? Uh, Hamilton's horrid. Uh, they <clears throat> have so many problems right now, and uh, I mean, I think even Cornelius wins this game if he's playing quarterback with Ed, with Edmonton. Um, <clears throat> Trey Ford did a nice job. And, you know, it's looking like he's, he's going to be the start of the rest of the way for Edmonton. And, I mean, that, hopefully they'll sell some tickets in Edmonton. Um, as for Hamilton, uh, it's uh, what a disaster. This is supposed to be their great uh, coronation, the Grey Cup year, um, after losing in overtime in 2021. I think we assumed they were going to – I assumed they were going to be in the Grey Cup game or at least, you know, be competitive. I mean, this is – a disaster, and uh, I mean the Ticat fans are still showing up, so that's that's good news for the league and the team. But uh, hopefully something changes there soon. I don't mind teams losing, but when you have teams that have been as bad as Edmonton and Hamilton this year, it's not good for the league, and it's a bad look. So hopefully uh, these teams can rally in the second half, and and Edmonton's at least taking a step in the right direction, but Hamilton is. Dropped off the map, so I, I don't okay. know. It's uh, so if if you guys go back to the very beginning of the season, we did our our, our standings, our picks of what the season was going to look like at the end of it, and uh, I put like Hamilton at like at the very bottom with Saskatchewan and uh, Montreal, and you guys shamed me into it thinking that, oh, okay, you're just being an asshole because Bully by Mitchell was there and you, you you just don't like him and everything else. And So I brought Hamilton up a little bit. I put him in like fourth or fifth place or something like that. But uh, uh, in reality, I, I, I stick by my guns because I really thought Hamilton was going to be a shit team, and they really are. And my prophecy of Mitchell going out early on in the season just was completely fulfilled. And uh, go on and on and on. So uh, before we go on to another game, actually, oh no, uh, never mind. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. Okay. So this has been uh, this was Edmonton Esk- Edmonton Elks twenty four, Hamilton twelve, or sorry ten. Uh, total score was thirty four. Charles, you picked Edmonton. You had one hundred and twenty two points. Will, you took Edmonton one hundred and forty points. CJ took Edmonton one hundred and thirty four points. And Rudy took Hamilton. You got 24 points. There you go, Rudy. Uh, the next game up was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Calgary Stampeders. Now, I, this was a bad week for football for me because I personally didn't get to watch the first three games because, one, I was um, uh, evacuating horses from these wildfires. I did that two nights in a row. And then uh, another night, I, I ended up, uh, one of the people who we evacuated, they took us out for dinner. So I was at a, at 
dinner date for for the other games. So I really didn't get to see them. So I can't really comment on too much of the games. But I really wanted to watch this Winnipeg-Calgary game because I really expected it to be a decent game. I would really have liked to have seen Calgary win it. I did pick Winnipeg to win. But what the fuck is going on with the score? What kind of football game was this? It was in Calgary, so, Will, you're going to have to please tell me what your thoughts on this football game was. I wasn't able to watch it, but I can't believe the score. It's, it, was it a defensive struggle, or was it a game of two bad football teams? What the hell happened? Well, okay, number one, I decided last week that I wasn't going to waste my time because it was cold on Friday night in Calgary. And I actually That's right, you didn't game. know. But I did watch the whole game from start to finish in my basement, in my nice warm basement. And uh, number one, you don't win football games. Goes back to my big nemesis. You don't win football games by kicking field goals. Okay? You have to score some touchdowns somewhere in there. Right? Calgary doesn't score any touchdowns. And in reality, Winnipeg Winnipeg didn't either, but they did have a pick six. So I guess that's technically a touchdown. Not by their offense, but, you know. Um, It was a defensive struggle, and the main reason I think it was a defensive struggle is, A, Calgary doesn't have a fucking quarterback, if you'll excuse the expression, because Jake Mayer is not the answer. I don't care who's out there who's thinking he's the answer. He's not the answer. And if you take that one step further, if uh, Winnipeg uh, has to start Drew Brown for the rest of the season, which I don't think they will, they're not going to win shit either because he's not that good. Okay? He looked good against Edmonton, but I still think Edmonton imploded that week. So it was a defensive struggle. It was actually an entertaining game. I was entertained, but once again, I'm only – Entertainment is great until Calgary loses, and they lost. And with, I don't know, a minute and X amount of seconds left, Rennie Paraday tries to pick a 51-yard field goal, which is normally automatic, and of course he missed. And uh, Winnipeg won by one point. So, there you go. Because it would have done, done, done wonders for Calgary's confidence. But I still think that's a false insecurity. Because I think Calgary is better than they are. I think they have a lot of talent on their team. But uh, something's just not driving this year. And the biggest thing, I think, is quarterback. So, there you go. Rudy was there, too. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I, as, Mayer, as a matter of fact, I was disappointed that Dave Dickinson didn't sign Jeff Garcia that afternoon and say, hey, you play quarterback tonight, okay? Because he looks like he's still playing wow. to play quarterback. So. I, I think anyway. Dave Dickinson is part of the problem in Calgary, but I know you don't see it that way. But I, I'm pretty sure they lost a couple of three games this year because of bad coaching, so... How do they not win a game when they, you know, 18 to 19? I thought for sure Calgary would have pulled that one off. Um, Rudy. Quite a quick touchdown. 
Uh, you know, I think I think the weather really it, it was cold, windy, swirling wind, so the ball hung up quite a bit, and it just the defenses both played. You know, Calgary's D D line they got after Drew Brown and they put pressure on him, so both these played pretty good. They knew, you know, they had the weather on their side. So I thought it was always going to be a low-scoring game. I think I picked it to be low-scoring when I saw the weather um, earlier in the week. So Drew Brown missed some open receivers that could have added to the score, but then the Stamps had, I think, two horrible drops. I mean, yeah, Mayer didn't, you know, he threw that bad interception, but there was a touchdown. That guy was 20 yards there was nobody around him, and he dropped it, and that that crushed Calgary. And the, on the pick six, but that was uh, you know you can't pin it all on Jake Mayer. And uh, even after the game, I heard Mayer say he goes, "I make one mistake a game, and it seems to be a killer." Whereas other quarterbacks, you know, throw three or four picks, and they still get out of the game alive. But yeah, I don't know. Calgary finds ways to lose. It's unbelievable. They've lost the game in overtime to Saskatchewan. No, they lost one to Saskatchewan by, what, a point or two, and then they lost in overtime to Ottawa. I mean, they they should be around 500. It's it's one of those years. But, yeah, and Dave Dickinson doesn't help matters. Um, and, yeah, Drew Brown struggled. I'll, I'll, I wasn't too impressed with him, but you know he's a young he's a young quarterback though, right? So that's a good learning experience playing bad weather. So that's I think that's invaluable to go through a game like that. And uh, I think uh, I think Calgary will sweep Edmonton in the uh, in the t- two games coming up. Maybe they have to. You think it? We'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't know about that. I don't know if it's going to be a sweep. But Charles. Stuff football here, buddy. Wait a minute. I'm quite oh, impressed right. that Rudy. Uh, I'm quite quite impressed hey. that Rudy hasn't made a comment about McMahon Stadium. <laughs> I I I've never I don't mind McMahon. Like everybody goes, oh McMahon. I know it's old and like the downstairs is the the, the concourse is kind of from you know the 1800s. But uh, I I've never had a problem Thank with sight lines at McMahon. And you know what? We bought twenty six dollar tickets and we moved to the. 50 yard line and it was perfect. I got no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so. There you go. You probably got went and sat in wheelchair. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, talk some football here. You go to any of the washrooms or the majority of the urinals don't work. Um, I was uh, really hoping for Calgary to pull that. Okay. So uh, I was really hoping for Calgary to pull this one out. All they needed really was to get a one touchdown, and they couldn't get it. Jake Mayer just isn't the answer in in Calgary. Anyone thinking that he's a bona fide starter in the CFL anymore, just, you're, just, you're, you're out there. You, you can't put the ball in the end zone. Their, their, their offense is boring. Their offense is their, the very little – chance at making big plays. It, it's boring, it's predictable, and it's just not a recipe for success. They had 18 points. All 18 points come off of Renee Paradis' foot. They could not score a single touchdown. Granted, Winnipeg has a good defense. They're good defense. Um, I'll give you that. Even when the Lions got blown out in Winnipeg, they scored at least one touchdown. Um... But the Calgary just is not um, 
not getting it done. They just aren't. And Winnipeg, they had an off game. Drew Brown came crashing back down to earth after having over 300 yards a week before against Edmonton. Didn't even hit 200 yards against, against Calgary. So um, Calgary, I think, a little bit lucky that Winnipeg wasn't firing on all cylinders. They probably would have gotten blown out in this game. Uh, the, the Calgary defense was able to keep them in a little bit. But uh, really, the Bombers just kind of snuck one out. Uh, you'll see a lot oftentimes good teams, when they uh, are having a good season, they'll find ways to win. And I think that was the case this week with the um, Winnipeg, where they did not play very well, but they were able to manufacture enough points to win. They got their special team touchdown. In fact, neither offense had a touchdown in this game. That is not traditional CFL. Uh, they were, but uh, the Broncos were able to get a uh, defensive touchdown, and that was the difference. They only won by one point. They only have to win by one point. Um, somewhat entertaining because it was close, but it wasn't a very good football game. No. And, and I mean, it, you're saying that, you know, Winnipeg is finding ways to win. And in, in t- tight, close situations, and they're still winning, right? And they're eight and two in the season, which is awesome. It's ab- absolutely amazing that you know halfway through, oh, more than halfway through the game, the season, and they're like this. But if you go back and look at their wins, very few of them were convincing. You know, like yeah, yes, they badly yeah. abused BC. But there's a lot of certain ones, tests yeah, that one. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna yeah. make excuses. We're not gonna go there. But let's just throw that game out of the situation. I mean, they beat Edmonton early on. I mean, hang on, let's go back to the beginning of the season because we can do that, right? Uh we won hammered. there. Forty two thirty. They didn't hammer hammer Hamilton. They won forty two to thirty one. Okay. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, who are the Rudy, shut up for a second. Hamilton Tiger Cats is probably one of the worst teams in the CFL. And they were no better when believe I Mitchell was the quarterback. And Winnipeg let them score 31 points. Okay? You can't say Hamilton was a good team at the beginning of the season because they absolutely were not. Okay? So now you can continue and, and, and try to defend this. But 42 to 31 is not a hammering of Hamilton. They it only was, won it by was another first. It was over at halftime. The Bombers, the first game of the season, sloppy, gave up, gave, turned the ball over four times in this fourth quarter and gave them a bunch of points. But that game was over. The fans weren't even paying attention by the fourth quarter. That was Winnipeg's sloppiness, but th- it was, that was a rout. I mean, the score flattered half. That, that, that's, that's still the game, the whole game. They, it shows the characteristics of the team. Okay? Just, and, and let's roll on, okay? Yeah. So then they, 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 I'll say they kind of hammered Saskatchewan a bit, 45-27. Then BC mollywhopped them 30-6. to They didn't even get a touchdown in that game. And then the next game they beat Montreal 17-3. to I mean, excuse me, but that's not – they got the W, no doubt about it. William, that's all that matters, right, is getting a W. But 17-3 to is not a convincing victory in any way. Place Calgary twenty four to eleven. There's a victory for them. Twenty eight to thirty one. Oh, that that was Ottawa beating them, and then the, the absolutely hapless Elks twenty eight to fourteen. 
That was still not a, a blow by any stretch of the means. None of these were convincing victories. Then they hammered BC, and I'll agree with that. 38-29 again with the Elks in, in week 12, or week 10, which was last week, right? Uh, interesting. It, it, they're just not convincing wins. They're 8-2. and two, They're tops in the league. They're no, no, no question about it. They're the team to beat in this league. They're the class of the CFL right now. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying they're not playing the caliber of football that they have. we have seen from them the last three, four years. They look more beatable than they have in previous years. Yeah. Well, I mean, CFL. Much. I agree. One game shot, anything can happen in the playoffs. For anyone, any, any one of these games to have gone a different direction. None of them were like, wow, we're just going to pummel so, these guys out. Well, you know what? I don't know why we're talking about BC and, and, and Winnipeg because neither one of those teams have any problems. I, 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 know, I know how to fix Calgary. Right now, I know how to fix Calgary. You cut Winnie Perry right now and never try and pick another field goal for the rest of the year. What have they they got to lose? What have they got to lose? The rest of the season. They're not winning games now, and you're not going to win a game by kicking field goals. So, just say it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of muting my mic because there's a lot of background noise here in this room right now, so... So, you guys, when I say something like that, you, somebody should pick up the pace and, and say something really intelligent. But it didn't really happen. Um, did everybody go okay. on the game, Charles? Did you talk on this game? Did you do Winnipeg Calgary? Or did you? Yeah. yeah, I did. Okay. So, let, let, let's finish this one off then. It's uh, Winnipeg 19, Calgary 18, total score 37. Uh, everybody picked Winnipeg to win except uh, Will, he took his home team, which is good for him. Uh, Charles, you ended up with 34 point, 134 points. Will, you got 20. CJ got 128. Rudy, uh, almost bang on on the score. You got 140. Uh, the next game up was the uh, Montreal-Ottawa game. Now, this, this I didn't expect too much out of it. And we got a game. We got a good game of football between out of it, from what I understand. And uh, it didn't go the way that I thought it would, but um, it, it came down to the wire, and it was close, and it could have gone either way. And uh, like I said, I didn't, unfortunately didn't get to watch this one. So I'm going to start this one off with William. Yeah, I'm sure you watched it. Montreal, Ottawa. Um, you know what? <laughs> I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it either. You know William, this season, the whole season, I don't know how many times that you've actually said that I haven't been able to watch the game. It's so unlike you. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know what? You're just, just disenfranchised with football right now? It hasn't, it hasn't been a very exciting season this year, okay? Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely not, it hasn't. 
All right. Um, but that was an exciting game. I did want to highlight that it was back and forth, and Montreal did come back and win, correct? So, yeah. I, Wasn't there a lot of lead I, changes I, in this, this game? This, this past weekend, things have picked up, so I'm going to start watching hard from this point on, and I probably will not miss another game this year. I mean, I have all the games on my PBR, but I just haven't watched them yet. So, so I'd like okay. to watch that you know, I've, I've got a subscription to TSN, and you can watch games on demand after they, the day after. Like, if the football game ended yep. now, I can't go watch yep. it right away. I have to wait till the next day. Yep. I don't know if you've ever actually done that. Yep. But, yep. motherfucker, do you ever have to watch a lot of commercials? Yes, you do. Like, before the game That's even why. starts, you have to watch six commercials. And then if you, by chance, touch the timeline, like you want to skip ahead two minutes or skip ahead a quarter, oh, my God, there's another six fucking commercials before they'll actually play the game. And then as the game's going, you still have to watch the commercials within the game. That's correct. Are you, are you complaining right now? Because if we're complaining, I'll, I'll complain about TSN. Because I have TSN 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, I think it is. Okay, and um, TSN, it, the games are, the, the sample games are usually on two of those channels. And it seems that every time I, I record them I'll, I'll, and I don't get to watch them live, I'll, I'll record them and I'll go to the recording, and three-quarters of the recording is tennis or fucking baseball or fucking something, Okay. And then yeah, on the other lap, they actually they actually played the whole game. Yeah, but sometimes it overlaps all the way to it, right through. So there was one game I didn't get to record last week because they only recorded on one channel. So now I'm starting to record on all the TSN channels that show CFL football. Because that's and that's just ridiculous. Sorry. If you say it's going to be on, then put the fucking game on. It's that simple. <sighs> I, thank you for that. I love a good diatribe. And in theory, I agree with you, Bill, but the problem is if they've got, uh, you know, a contact and agreements with these other sports and stuff like that, and their game goes on, they may have a contract that says they have to show that game to its entirety no matter what. So that's part of the problem. So if you, if you if you skip 10 minutes of football and you don't watch it, you have to watch the commercials that were during that 10 minutes of football. So, you know, if you, if you want to go from the beginning of the game to the, and watch the last two minutes of football, you have to watch literally every fucking commercial the entire football game had. It, it's, it's gross. I, I don't know how to get away from that, but uh, you just do what you do, right? I just put the put the iPad down, put the headphones down, and go do something, and come back and oh yeah, there's still commercials. Yeah, God. Okay. Honestly, pretty much with all your, I won't even bother watching the the game the next day. I'll watch the uh, I'll watch the uh, recap. Excuse me. I'll watch the recap on YouTube. You can get it like for the point. For the And it shows the most of the key plays. Thank you. 
Okay. Um, Charles, talk about this game. Football, Montreal, Ottawa. Hello, anybody? Sorry about that. Uh, I accidentally put myself on mute. Uh, I was just saying, Ottawa should actually really have won this game. They're up by nine points at home with less than three minutes to go. It's a two-score game. But they had no business losing that game. Montreal had no business winning that game. Uh, they just some, took some stupid penalties and made some bad plays. And um, Bob Dice made a mistake toward the end. He did not take a timeout in, in during Montreal's last touchdown drive to preserve a little bit more time for his team. Uh, that was a game they really handed to Montreal. They they had um, they had them down. Even with like they would had them thirty goal. On the last drive, they had them third down a couple of times. One time they were 34 with about a minute left, and they end up, Montreal ends up with like a 40-yard play or something like that. It is inexcusable. It was reminiscent of me, uh, really reminiscent for me for the game a couple of weeks ago where they had, I think it was in Hamilton, they had someone basically by the throat. They had them dead to right and couldn't shut couldn't shut the door. Their defense had come up big until the final drive and could not stop them on the final drive. And that's what's happened again here with some bad penalties and some bad plays. And they kind of let Montreal win this one. This one should have quite clearly been an auto win. And they just let Montreal back into it. Okay. So, you know, it's been a common practice that we've been talking about this, this season is that there's been some really bonehead coaching plays, and whether it's Bob Dice, Orlando Steinauer, Craig Dickinson, Dave Dickinson, Chris Jones, uh, it, it's just like, what the fuck are these coaches doing? These are professional players. They, they, they're supposed to know what they're doing, and we have had some seriously bonehead coaching decisions that, that have lost football games for their teams. And it, it, it's bizarre. And I don't know. Um, Rudy, talk about this game. I got to mute myself. Yeah, I caught bits and pieces of this game, and I thought Ottawa had this thing in hand. And they they remind me like Calgary in the in the West. They just find they're finding ways to lose games. I believe this is their third or fourth loss in a row. And I mean. I think coaching's become an issue. Like I think Bobby Dice is a great assistant. I don't think he's a good head coach, and uh, it's costing the Ottawa team right now. And uh, Montreal, give them credit, they clawed right to the end, and they, you know, with their backup in, and and they got the dub. So good for Montreal, and and uh, it's kind of uh, unfortunate for Ottawa because. This season was was looking like it was going to be an improvement on the last two seasons, and right now they're they're teetering on the brink of, you know, I don't know. There, there could be a crossover still. Like Calgary could still cross over, or Saskatchewan, which sounds ridiculous, but it uh, it could happen. So it'll be interesting that or in the second half. Cool. Yeah, I mean you're right. And, I mean, the second half, there's going to be a lot of intrigue because there's going to be a lot of teams, you know, in it. And usually it's by Labor Day, there's one or two teams already eliminated. 
So won't be a boring second half, standings-wise. Okay. Saskatchewan has five wins. Calgary has three. Edmonton has one. Montreal has six. Hamilton has three. Ottawa has three. The bottom four teams, which is Calgary, Edmonton, Hamilton, Ottawa, literally all have the same record. Edmonton's back a couple games, but they're all – there's three teams with three victories. And Saskatchewan right now, I, I really didn't think they were going to beat EP, but I, I, I can only see them winning one more game this season, and that's going to be against Hamilton because Hamilton is so pathetic. And we talked about this last week. And I really, I, I, you know, they got five wins. Is, is Edmonton capable of winning five more football games this season? To get ahead of Saskatchewan, doubt it. But you never know; it's possible. Calgary needs three games to get ahead of Saskatchewan. Because Saskatchewan's not going to win a lot more football games. Okay, William went on this one. Charles, did you go on this football game? Montreal, Ottawa. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Final so score was twenty-five twenty-four. I, these low-scoring football games that are out by a point just frustrate the shit out of me. I don't. Why couldn't it have gone one way or the other? Or they did, how did it do this? Anyhow, we all took Ottawa to win, all four of us, and all four of us got it wrong. Charles, you got 34 points. Will, you got 40. CJ got 40. And Rudy got 38. So, I mean, even our points were all pretty close. The... Um, the last game of the week, which was uh, BC Saskatchewan, no intelligent person would have ever picked Saskatchewan to win this game, and it just wasn't possible. And BC just was absolutely fucking asleep through the first half of this game, actually the first three quarters. Very similar to what Ed, uh, Winnipeg was in Edmonton the week before, except for Winnipeg woke up at halftime, and it took to BC till the fourth quarter to wake up, and BC just simply ran out of time. Riders had no answer to what the Lions did in the fourth quarter. What was it, 16 or 18 unanswered points? It just, just was ridiculous what was going on. And, uh, and Saskatchewan couldn't do a goddamn thing. If BC had played that way from the opening kickoff, this would have been an absolute slam. It, it would have been terrible football game. Uh, BC would have just destroyed them. But they didn't play like that from the opening grid. They went in there with a level of arrogance, like Winnipeg did going into Edmonton. And they just said, no, we're gonna, this is going to be a cakewalk. We're going to take this game away from them. And they got schooled. They absolutely got schooled by a pathetic team. And, uh, it, you know, they don't even have a quarterback. They, 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 went, they, they, they traded for Antonio Pipkin. Oh, I, I don't know. It, it, it was a terrible game of football, um, but it was exciting. It was interesting. I loved watching BC come back. They almost did it. It, it was right to the end. In fact, it was um, 29-31, and I think BC turned it over on downs when Saskatchewan kicked a field goal from somewhere ridiculous. Um, and Because actually, as soon as they, they turned it over on downs, I turned it off, so I didn't even, even know Saskatchewan scored that final field goal until the next day because I just I was so disgusted with it um, but yeah it was uh, 
I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I was watching my BC Lions do an amazing comeback, and uh, just they ran out of time. Plain and simple, they just ran out of time. And uh, shit happens. You you take the loss and you move on. Saskatchewan gets the win. Don't don't think that your team is all high and mighty and awesome and wonderful and everything else because you got the W here. The same way that I'm not saying that BC Lions are a bunch of losers. But when it comes into a very difficult situation this year, whether they were playing Winnipeg, the second game in Winnipeg, or playing Toronto, BC just didn't come to the table and play football. And I'm very disappointed in that. So we'll see what happens. They should have just destroyed Saskatchewan here. And uh, coming up in Hamilton this week, well, we're going to find out what team has showed up because Hamilton's a disaster. If BC just, just absolutely does not terminate them, uh, there's something wrong with their season and we'll have to see what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to start with Charles, because you're the BC Lions fan, and uh, talk about football. Well, you, BC Lions right. played like crap for three quarters. I mean, uh, there's no um, no way to sugarcoat it. They came out, and they, weren't, they didn't look like they were playing to play. The defense is making mistakes. The offense is making mistakes. It was really a football uh, team that um, didn't look prepared right out of the gate. Uh, and uh, Saskatchewan came out, and they uh, they took it to them. You, you, you got a team that's not uh, that's not um, ready to play. You got to go after them, um, and that's what happened. And then Vernon Adams got banged up again, so he had to play Dominic Davis for a little bit. Uh, and then it's like the alarm bell went off. Uh, the, the alarm clock went off and woke the Lions up in the fourth quarter because the team we've seen for most of this year finally showed up in the fourth quarter. Um, it would have been nice to have start, you know, even back in the third quarter and the second quarter, but they came out and dominated the fourth quarter and nearly overcame the deficit, but they, they just dug themselves too big a hole and didn't leave themselves enough time to come back on it. Uh, Vernon Adams, I thought, even though they lost, I thought Vernon Adams was spectacular in this game. 455 yards, three touchdowns, and this is a quarterback that wasn't that couldn't walk practically. He was noticeably limping for most of the um, for most of the um, fourth quarter game. And in fact, the Lions missed the two point convert in the fourth quarter, and had they actually gotten it they would have likely tied the game because that would have only put them three points down. And in their next drive, they were in field goal position. So, um, unfortunately, they didn't get that, and they ran out of time. Give Saskatchewan some credit, though. They did jump on a team that just wasn't ready to play. They got the big lead. They held the big lead. Uh, the one receiver they had there, uh, Samuel and Emilis, Emilis or whatever, he made a couple of absolute circuit catches. One was for a touchdown. The other one was um, um, just one diving one where he was in double coverage and somehow came up with the ball. So he had a great game, uh, a good return for Keenan Schaefer Baker. He had a touchdown. And despite Saskatchewan's best efforts uh, to lose the game, including losing a down on a time count violation with about a minute 20 left, that puts them into third down and forth from the punt, the Riders were able to hang on and win. 
uh, again, P, they play that game uh, ten more and uh, nine more times. The Lions probably win at least eight of the nine times. But hey, this is why we play the game in football, and we don't judge it on <laughs> who's the better team on paper because sometimes the underdog pulls out pulls a rabbit out of their hat, and I think that's what they did here. They were Saskatchewan was a team that caught a, a Lions team that wasn't ready to play, and that's what happened. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the, the stats in the game, I mean, um, 455 passing yards to 239. Uh, rushing was 43 to 85. That was, not, you know, relatively close. Met offense was 464 to 319. First downs was 16 to 11. Um, sacks. Saskatchewan had five sacks. It was just terrible. I don't understand yeah, why that happened. Sacks, yeah, the other thing that uh, hurt the Lions a lot was turnovers. They turned the ball over uh, three, four or five times in this game. Um, I don't know. And I don't think Saskatchewan turned the ball over once. And if you can hang, yeah, give away. Well, no, actually, the Lions only gave the ball away once. I'm sorry, my mistake. No, four times, giving two fumbles and two turnovers run down. Yeah. So, but, so uh, yeah, they did. The, the Raiders won the, the turnover battle and they won the game. Jake Dugala. Wasn't, he wasn't an amazing quarterback, but you know, it, it just shit happens, right? And you just go with it. Um, okay, so the final, final score was. Hang on. William, you didn't go in this game yet. Actually, William Norbury did. William, go ahead. William, where'd you go? Oh, I thought you said Rudy. Sorry. Um, no, you know no. what? Um, a couple, of, a couple of things come to mind for me. Was uh, Vernon Adams a hundred percent in that game? No, not yeah. even close. Okay, so my question is, why the fuck was he playing? Because in reality, well, in reality, guys, in reality, that game was a nothing game. You're if correct. You think about it. Saskatchewan's not even close. Calgary's not even close. Edmonton's not even close. Why would you play Vernon Adams when you know, I'm sorry, you're not going to win unless he's your starting quarterback? Okay? You're, but against you're correct. Saskatchewan, but, okay. but against Saskatchewan, you might. Okay. Okay, so just um, hang, hang on for a second, William. Hang yeah, on, stop okay. for a second, okay? Dane Evans, Dane Evans, our backup quarterback, yeah. is out with a yeah. broken rib, and he was not yeah. dressed. Okay? Correct. So we really yeah. don't don't have a third-string quarterback. It's Dom Davis. So, okay. um, now, what Charlie right. Dane Evans was, was, was Hang on, hang on. Vernon Adams wasn't 100%. He's wearing a knee brace for support, but it did not in any way, shape, or form hurt his mobility. So he seems to be very close to 100%, if not there. What happened was he took a, a, I'm going to call it a a Charlie horse, but he took a stinger to his thigh, and he was hobbling for the better better part of the game, at least Mm -hmm. the back half of it. 
And even that, I mean, he was limping between plays and everything else. He still put in a phenomenal performance. And his, it, it didn't really affect his mobility too much during the play, but it did, he, he was limping after it, that's for sure. I, I don't disagree with you. You should be protecting your number one quarterback, especially in a season where all the quarterbacks are being injured. And him coming back from a knee injury, uh, should he have been playing? Don't know. Would BC have won well, if they didn't? Does it matter? But at the same know. time, though, you got to think about it this way, too. The Lions, uh, Lions have eyes on finishing first in the West. So, and they're going to want to see. Who the fuck? Um, who the fuck? Who the fuck? Who the fuck? first, second, or third. They're not going to finish anywhere oh, oh, if they don't have a oh, starting oh, quarterback. Hang on. Hang, hang, Where would you rather say the Western final in Winnipeg or BC? You play I, where you have to play, Charles. You. you play where you have to play. It's that simple. If you're better than the other team, you play in November. When you yeah, can play in if BC you're better in than November. the other team, if you're better than the other team, you're going to play. You're going to wait. Win regardless. It's that simple. Oh, I, I mean, I bottom think, line. Yeah. I, bottom no, line. No, me, I think if, if right now, if BC and, and Winnipeg play football together, it's going to be the home yeah. team that's going to win. Oh, okay. Wherever is the game you, is. Why, why would you think that? What, what makes you think that? Because I think that the crowd in Winnipeg makes a difference in the game of football for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, whether it's, okay, but it, it upsets but it, the but other it, team, it, it, it challenges the other team, or it inspires the home team. It makes a difference to the, foot, to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when they're playing at home as opposed to when they're playing on the road. And the same but thing it, can be said against the Lions. The playoff, it's always the been playoff, a home field advantage for the Lions. In the playoffs in 2019, it didn't make a difference for Winnipeg. No, it didn't, but that was a different team. Okay. Well, no, no, that was a better team than they have right now, actually. Um, 100% yeah, it was still, a better team. I still, I, still, I, still, I still don't believe when it's the middle of the season, the sacrifice is back. Anyways, bottom line in that game, BC, is, BC thinks they're better than they are, and they, they lost. It's that simple. And maybe, maybe that will be, this will be a good lesson for them. It's pretty simple, right? Cause they think, lost to. I don't think they're better than they are. Let's face it; they lost to a fourth-string four quarterback. Okay, fourth-string quarterback who the week before looked like he didn't even belong in the CFL. He's a third-string quarterback. I don't know why everybody keeps calling him a fourth-string quarterback. Was Trevor Harris, Mason Fine, and Jake Dogala. That's how the season started. And it, the first and two are gone. The, uh, in the preseason in training camp, there was a battle between uh, Mason Fine and Dogala for the second spot. Did, did you exactly? Did you, did you, did you watch the? Did you watch the first game that Gallo started in? Did you watch that game? No. Yes. It wasn't good. Okay, he was not good. very good at all. More time, more play time. You have no. We're not. You get we're not making him out to be a superstar. Okay, BC fucked this game over. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Nobody's arguing. Nobody's disputing this. This was not. 
This is not a Saskatchewan victory. This is a BC Lions fuck up. It's plain and simple. Rudy, let's do this and let's get these games over with. We're past an hour. Um, I think this BC had one of those games that every good team in the CFL seems to to have from time to time where an 18-game schedule and you just run into a team that you know, Saskatchewan's tough at home, and they took they took a half or three quarters off, and Saskatchewan got momentum. They got the crowd in the game, and and they took advantage of a sloppy BC team. But man, fourth quarter, Saskatchewan was horrible. I mean, that was that was the Saskatchewan we all you know know and love. They they were deer in headlights. They couldn't do anything. It was I. There's one more minute. There's, that was a 16-minute quarter. BC wins that game probably by eight points. Um, Saskatchewan was yeah. dreadful. I mean, Lucky Whitehead was 25 yards clear. Like, how can you let a how can you let a receiver <laughs> when you're wasn't that beautiful? I have no idea how like, he got so like, open. Like when you're when you're a safety late in the game, you're protecting a lead. Your only job is not to let anybody in green, uh, anybody in uh, orange behind you. Orange. Never mind five yards, but 25, that was ridiculous. Like, that's not even pro football. <laughs> what was that? But anyways. He could have walked and gotten to the end zone. Just yeah, It was yeah, beautiful. team of all time, but you know what? They're slinking their way through the season. And they'll probably give the Bombers a hell of a game in, in Regina. I mean, Rocky Butler beat us, so one year, so. Okay. I'm not making any. So I might not even make a prediction. Final score in this. Final score in this was Saskatchewan 34, BC 29. Uh, total point score was 63. Everybody picked BC. Everybody. Charles, you got six points. Will, you got 38. CJ, you got 36, and Rudy got 16. Okay, so let's flip over here to um, Mr. Sparky's chart, and we'll do this really quickly. Um, so week 10 ended up with uh, Charles with the most points at 480. Is that true? No, this is – oh, hang on. I'm in the wrong one. Make this go away. There's Sparky's list again. There it is. Make it bigger so you can read it. Yeah, I did, I did that. Hang on. She's – CJ came out tops in this week with 338 points. Charles came in at 296. Will with 236. And Rudy sucking behind Kit with 218. Uh, total for the year has CJ in first place at 3378. Charles is in there at 30, basically 3200. Uh, Rudy's in there at 3100. And Will is just shy of 2500. Okay. So that's how the standings are and we're going to get out of here so let's uh let's go to the next to the games that we're going to pick this week and we have um four four kind of they're all east west games okay and um so the winnipeg montreal into winnipeg DraftKings has winnipeg seven and a half games over under is 47 and a half let's start with this game charles Winnipeg, Montreal. You get no points. What do you want? Well, I was just going to say that Winnipeg should be careful about this game because this could be a similar type uh, 
um, situation that what BC was in against Saskatchewan. This is a, one of those games that I think Winnipeg should win this game. If Winnipeg plays their game, they should win this game. I thought the same thing against BC, BC against Saskatchewan last week. They get in that crowd of facts. Uh, is this a good or bad thing? Because quite frankly, his last performance before he got injured, Zach Kalenos against Edmonton was not in the least setting the world on fire. So you've got to be careful about that. I think he'll be motivated. I think the Bombers are going to be motivated after, uh, you know, what was kind of a subpar performance last week against Calgary, a game that they should have won going away, and they won by a point. So... Uh, the Bombers should be the best. I think the better team. They should be the better team. Uh, whether or not um, they are, we'll have to wait and see what happens tomorrow night. But I still think that the Bombers will win this game. I think it's going to be a close one. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I think the Bombers are going to win this game, and I'm going to say the Bombers 42 points. <laughs> I actually marked down my score at Bombers 42 points, and then Charles came over. Yeah, Yeah, okay, don't worry about it. Yeah, I got to change mine. William, who are you picking in this one? Are you picking with Montreal, or are you picking with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Is it it confirmed that Zach Polaris is starting? Zach Polaris is playing, and Cody Fajardo is playing. They're both coming back from injury. Okay. I guess Zach's injury wasn't that bad. No, Zach's injury wasn't that bad. It, 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 wasn't a, it wasn't a head injury. Oh, well, well you know, I mean, I mean, Montreal has a chance because they got Cody Fajardo, and, and if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that goal post in 2019, they would have went all the way to the Great Cup. Um, anyway, um, I'm gonna pick. Yeah, I can't pick this Saskatchewan. I'm gonna pick Winnipeg 41. <laughs> you can't pick Saskatchewan because they're not playing. It's Montreal. Sorry, I'm gonna pick BC 41. Yeah, but it's the same quarterback as Saskatchewan had in 2019. Come on, stop listening to this. What? We've got Montreal playing Winnipeg. Yes. And you just pick BC and to win. Oh, no, I didn't pick BC to win. Yes, you did. Ah. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, actually. Oh, did I? Okay, well, let's pick... I'm going to bring, uh, bring that up to you. Let's pick uh, Winnipeg to win by 41 points. Okay. 41 points. Okay. Rudy. Please make uh, this be big crowd. easy for me. Well, Winnipeg, big crowd. Big crowd tomorrow. It looks like there'll be 33,000. Um, I'll say Winnipeg 50, 55. They're going to break out in front of the home crowd What's with that? Zach back. Zach's probably not happy with his performance last his, his first quarter against Edmonton either. So I think they're going to they're going to hang a big score on Montreal tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg 55. We're, 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 we're moving on. Uh, CG's got Winnipeg at 48. Uh, the next game up is Calgary in Toronto. Uh, this Toronto's favored by nine points. The over-under is 51. Um, this is Calgary and into Toronto. Charles, what are you going to do here? This, 
tough game. How do you mm-hmm. pick this one? You got to realize that Toronto, Calgary did beat Toronto last time they met. So that's what's kind of making me nervous about this one. They they, they beat them in Calgary, but uh, uh, I just I have a tough time picking Calgary right now because I just don't think Jake Nair is. Uh, I just don't think Jake Nair can get the job done. Uh, he's just not showing uh, any real consistency. Uh, well, what he is is consistently inconsistent, and. Um, Toronto coming off a bye week at home. I got to go with Toronto with this one. I, I mean, I know Calgary won last time. I I don't see lightning strikes and strikes for that. I think Toronto wins this one. So I'm going to say uh, Toronto uh, 45. Okay, William, are you going to take Calgary here? This game, this game, these games are so hard to pick because Calgary and Toronto know each other so well because they're all ex-teammates and ex-coachmates and all that shit. But and I and I think Toronto's going to be looking for revenge from the shit kicking they took in Calgary. But I still can't pick them. I'm going to pick Winnipeg for Calgary. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I would pick Winnipeg. Calgary. <laughs> Calgary, 36. 36. Okay, Rudy, what are you going to do here? Oh, my, I, I feel like Calgary is playing desperate, and I keep saying they're going to they're, – they're finding ways to lose. Oh, I hate this game because I, I want to bet on Calgary. Oh, you know, I, I, I honestly Toronto. don't think Toronto is that good of a team. Uh, they're really not that good of a team. No. Neither is, neither is Calgary. <laughs> but Calgary keeps, Calgary keeps doing stupid shit. It's a very valid point, though. Like, Calgary leads the league in doing stupid shit. And that's why their record is, like, they yeah, should be fighting. I think Toronto has, I think Toronto has <laughs> a better quarterback in Calgary this time. Oh, Chad Kelly, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'll go Toronto 40. Really? What's your score? Toronto 40. Oh, 40. Okay. I, I thought there was more to that, like 42 or 44 or something. No, but no. Oh, it's just 40. Okay, uh, CJ's going to go with Toronto, and I'm going to take 38 points. I just don't think these two are going to amount to much. But we'll see what happens. There's two tough games in this week, and there's two easy games this week, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. Next game is one of the easy ones. We're talking about the Hamilton Tiger Cats into BC to play, play the Lions after the Lions just got embarrassed by Saskatchewan. The only thing that we can say right now is God help Hamilton because they're going to be playing a pissed-off Lions team, or at least I hope they will be. If the Lions take Hamilton as lightly as they took Saskatchewan last week, Hamilton is still going to lose. They just don't have a team. So this this isn't even a competition in my point in time. Why are we even playing this game? But 
Uh, anyhow, we're gonna we're gonna say the BC Lions are playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats in in BC Place in the Dome. Uh, Charles, you going to the game? Pick your team. Pick your winner. Pick your points. I am going to the game, of course. Yes, I will be there. Uh, I think Lions bounce back. Uh, when you got uh, embarrassed by Winnipeg, they bounce back with a, a big win the following week. I think it happens again. Partly because the Lions, I think, are uh, really pissed off and want to make amends for last week. And partly because Hamilton would probably lose to a bunch of kids playing uh, pickup football in the park. Um, the the, the Ticats are just a, a trade act right now. The Lions, uh, I think they're going to take some momentum from that fourth quarter they had in Saskatchewan last week. I think they, uh, they go out and I think they come, could be a, a bit of a lapper because, quite frankly, Hamilton sucks. Uh, I'm going to go BC uh, 52 points. 52? Mm-hmm. How many of those points are BCs? Mm. Yeah. 35 Interesting to 40. thought, eh? Okay, so you're still saying that they're going to get 12 to 20. Uh, okay, William, who are you picking here? BC Hamilton. Ottawa 58. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know what? If, if, if BC, BC, BC loses, if BC loses to Hamilton, they should forfeit the rest of the game this year. Okay? I, you, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay? If they lose to Hamilton, they should just fucking just quit. Anyway, I'm going to go oh. BC, BC 40. Oh, no. BC, Hamilton's good. Well, their defense is good. Uh, BC 42. 42. Okay. And Rudy, what are you going to do here? Uh, will Hamilton get any points? I'll give them seven. That was, that was one of my okay. questions. Are they, are, they, are they going to get a touchdown or are they going to get any points? I'll say BC I think they'll get points. I don't think they're going to get it. I don't think they're going to get a touchdown. I think they'll get two field goals and a rouge. So I'll say they're going to get seven points. Yeah. So you're saying this is a, this is a forty-five to seven route. Forty-seven. Is what you're calling seven. Fifty-four. Forty-seven-seven. Okay. I'm going to take the BC Lions, and I'm going to go with forty-eight points. And uh, that's what it is. Okay. The next game. This is probably the hardest one of this, the week for me to pick personally. Uh, the Calgary-Toronto game was tough, but Ottawa Red Blacks into Edmonton to play the Elks. Now, the Elks have played two solid, game, good games of football. They were just outclassed by Winnipeg in one of them, and they beat Hamilton in the other one. But then who couldn't beat Hamilton? Is Ottawa better than Hamilton? Yes. Are they much big, better than Hamilton? No. Um, but they have a quarterback. A guy named Dustin Crum, and he can run, so you have to be able to stop him. Chris Jones has a better defense than pretty much anybody else in the league right now. I'm looking at this. I, I know BC and Winnipeg both have good defense. Um, 
Edmonton wants to win at home. Is this it? Is they this the game that they win at home? Is it? Is this where they, they, they break the stupid streak? Or does it continue on? That's the big question. Um, DraftKings has Ottawa by one and a half points, 45, 45.5 over under. Uh, but the CFL pick'em trend has Edmonton 56, Ottawa 44%. So it's, it's yeah, people out there are picking Edmonton over Ottawa. DraftKings took Ottawa. Very tough game. Very tough game. Don't know what to do. Charles, what are you going to do? Well, I took the Elks last week, and they won. Ottawa just finding ways to lose right now. They're making some really dumb mistakes, and they play well, but they they seem to shoot themselves in the foot. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two in a row. I'm going to take the Elks. I think they finally break their home losing streak. Uh, I think Trade Board uh, has given them some reason for optimism. And I'm going to pick the Elks, and I think the Elks have a little bit better defense than Ottawa does. So I'm picking the Elks to win this one. I'll say Edmonton 44. Okay. So if we're looking at these three games that Edmonton has played, they played Hamilton, who is down at the bottom of the league. We played Winnipeg, which is at the top of the league. And Ottawa is in the bottom half of this one. So Edmonton should be able to take this game. In my opinion, Edmonton should be able to take this game. William, who are you going to take? Ottawa? Edmonton? Ottawa 41. Ottawa 41. Thank you. Rudy? Um, I'll go Edmonton 45. Ah. Uh. I'm, I'm taking Edmonton on this, and of course I am. I have to. And I, I'm going to throw 48 points out there because I kind of like the 48-point number right now. Okay, so I'm going to put this one in the draw, and we're going to move on real fast. Um, we're going to go back to the CFL. Uh, Let's talk CFL podcast uh, 19, uh, 2023 picks that we started at the beginning of the season with Will, Rudy, CJ, and Charles. Um Number one team overall, Charles. You had Hamilton. Yeah, I'm just putting that out there right now. You took yeah, Hamilton to be the number one team uh, yeah. overall. Uh, okay. Who's that pick up? Will and Rudy, you had Winnipeg, but you had Hamilton to be the number two team. Okay. I had Hamilton in fourth place, and that was only because you guys like. <laughs> Coerced me into doing that oh, because there's no fucking way I wanted him. I didn't want. I didn't want Hamilton. You only do, I did you not, only do what you want. I, you had no influence on me whatsoever. I had Edmonton in third place. Okay, and uh, I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> about that. I really think Edmonton's a better team than they are, but yeah, I picked Edmonton up there and Calgary to be up there, Toronto down there, Montreal, Montreal, Saskatchewan down at the bottom. Um. Everybody had Montreal, Saskatchewan. It, Will, you had Toronto at the bottom, or at least the second to the bottom. You had Montreal at the bottom. You had Toronto way down there. Okay. Um, all, needless to say that none of us are anywhere near where the, the, the fucking schedule. Hey, where did I have, where right did now. I have so Calgary? Where did I have Calgary? You had Calgary right in the middle. You had them at fifth place. 
Okay. And how about BC and so, third? Didn't I? And so, you had BC, BC third, third, right behind Hamilton. Okay. Okay. You had you had Toronto in eighth place. So I wasn't the okay, only so, one that had Hamilton ranked highly. Okay, so here, here it is: the dark horse, dark horse out of the East. Everybody picked Ottawa. Everybody picked Ottawa to be the dark horse in the East. Uh, that's not a fulfilling that prophecy. I think Montreal is doing better. Um, West, out of the West, Will, you had Calgary as the dark horse. Rudy had Saskatchewan. And Charles and CJ both had Edmonton. Needless to say, we're all wrong. Okay? We're all wrong. There is no dark horse well, in the yeah, West. Well, hey, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan might be the dark horse. It might be the tallest midget. No, but... <laughs> Rudy, stop trying to defend. I could defend this because you can't. I know Saskatchewan crap, despite the fact they won last week. <laughs> hey, didn't okay. Saskatchewan oh. beat uh, BC last week, I think? Yeah, shut up, Will. Okay, well, we had five. rushing. We had rushing out of the gate. Um, Will and Rudy both picked Winnipeg. Charles and CJ both picked BC. We're, we're all right. We're, we're all correct. Okay. Um, stumbling out of the gate. Will, you took Edmonton, and you're 100% right. Okay, you really did. Uh, they stumbled out of the gate. They're, they're making a recovery. Rudy, you had Montreal. Montreal did not stumble out of the gate. They came out quite strong. Charles, uh, you are took you, Toronto, you, and Toronto came out you? quite strong. What? Are you kidding me? Edmonton stumbled out of the gate, that. and they're making a and they're making a comeback. They've won one fucking game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're okay. making a comeback. What? They're going to okay. beat Ottawa this week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Work with me here. Work with me. Here. Okay. Work with. I will. Me. I will. I will. Okay. Um, and CJ Charles, you took Toronto to stumble out of the gate, and that's. That's not a reality because they were actually what six that and zero or seven and zero before they lost. Um, and CJ, you picked uh, Saskatchewan to stumble out of the gate, which is really not what happened. Saskatchewan came out quite strong out of the gate and then stumbled, and, and they're stumbling. So I don't know whether or not we can count that. We're not going to right now. And so um, I'm going to put this in the garbage. I'll keep this for the standing. No, 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 no. We're going to play with those standings later on. We're going to we're going to hit them after about week week fourteen or week sixteen or something like that. We'll go back and look at it again. Okay, so we we, we don't have a lot of time left in this show. We've really been fucking the dog tonight. Uh, we're talking football, so it's okay. So, and I, I look at the thing that we, the agenda really doesn't have a lot going on. So we're not going to deal with uh, much. Yeah, the agenda is not all that impressive. No, we're we're a little light in the agenda, so we're gonna actually the last thing I think was pretty good. Montreal Alouettes quarterback Cody Fajardo to start against Winnipeg. Will this help? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, you've got in there. You you always put in your own little question in there, Charles. And it says, it, 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 "Is this going to help or is it going to be a hindrance?" Well. Honestly, I don't know if it could be any more of a hindrance. I mean, who have they got for a backup quarterback? They've got nobody. So it's got to help. Caleb Evans has played pretty well. Who? Caleb Evans. 
we won a couple games for him. Yeah, he's still Caleb Evans. Um, but he's still Cody Pajardo. So it's a bit of a coin toss here, okay? Well, okay, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you the statement here then, okay? It is, it really help or will it be Andrews? Would you rather have Caleb Evans to start, or would you rather have Cody Pajardo? I, I, I don't think. I, I honestly don't think it fucking matters. They're playing Winnipeg. I'm sorry. I don't think it fucking. I don't think it matters who you've got in quarterback. Honestly, um, does anybody have anything to say on the on Cody Fajardo starting for Montreal? William, you you you're asking whether Zach Caleros is going to start for Winnipeg. But uh, Cody's going to start for Montreal. Is that going to make a difference? I think. Uh, uh, I think. I think. Because he thinks he's a good quarterback, so yeah, he'll make a big difference. He'll probably lose by an extra fourteen points. Okay. So, so. right, right here, out of a. Uh, a three-down article, and the headline is, Are the Red-Hot Montreal Alouettes for real? I kind of threw up in my mouth when I read this a little bit because it's kind of like, are the Red-Hot Montreal Alouettes for real? How, who, who, who thinks they're Red-Hot? Three-down nation? <laughs> Whoever wrote that article. Like seriously, do you already think you look blood hot when you piece up a bottom feeder? Oh, the club is is two and zero oh in the last two games. Red hot, absolutely. That's red hot. They've won twice. They were two and zero oh start. Then they went. They lost three. No, I couldn't give a shit. They're, they're, they're not a red-hot team. So, no, I'm not even going to discuss this one any further. Okay, moving down the list here. Edmonton Elks quarterback Trey Ford named CFL top performer for Week 11. Well, that's kind of cool. Kind of like that and appreciate that. Um, is this because we, we all knew Trey Ford was going to be a good quarterback for the Elks, and they kept playing Taylor Cornelius, and we kept saying, what the fuck, or Dugay or Dougal, whatever his name was. Um, we knew, why didn't they go to Ford? Why didn't they go to Ford? He, he, he showed such great promise last year. Why didn't they go to Ford? Is it because Chris Jones didn't like him? Is it because there's a conflict there? Is it because something? I mean, you have to put that aside when you're 0-9. And he finally did and put Trey Ford in. He just he, he fared very well against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and then he actually went out and beat the. They didn't beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They lost that game. And then they they beat Hamilton this game. So yeah, I just, who who else was one of the top performers? I mean, you always got the quarterback. Okay. 
quarterback was Trey Ford. Running back was James Butler. Receiver was Steve Dunbar Jr. Old lineman Jack Curley. Uh, Mickey Johnson, Terrell Richards, Demario Houston, Jamison Sheehan. I never heard of any of these guys. And the safety. It, this uh, oh, special teams. Special teams was T.J. Brinson. This is the guy that just like went in full beast mode on special teams, right? That's the guy from Saskatchewan? Yeah. Yeah. Who kept running over um, Terry Williams like he was a, like a truck running over a, a, a smart car? Yeah, that's he exactly that yeah, that's on exactly. Sunday. My God, I'm yeah. surprised he got up after some of those hits. Yeah, he didn't get up after that one bad one. Okay, so that's kind of that. Let's go back over here and see what else we've got to talk about. Montreal Alouettes GM Danny Machocha believes CFL must take a good hard look at the rash of QB injuries. Okay, so what are we going to do? about this. We can't create rules that we can't hit the quarterbacks any more than we already have because we're already in sissy mode. Um, no, you have to be better prepared. That's not the really reason what I'm talking about here. I, I honestly believe that the rash of quarterback injuries has more to do with the ratio and having Canadian alignment and American D linemen. And the Canadian O-line can't handle the D-linemen. Now, that's not totally true because there's some amazing Canadian D-linemen and there's some good Canadian offensive linemen, too. So that's, that's still a valid point. But I think that if you're just going to go things the way that they are, um, it, it's causing problems. We can't cover – I mean, look at what was going on in that BC Lions game. We couldn't. Saskatchewan D linemen were just walking all over the offensive line. Just, you, you can't do things like that and keep a healthy quarterback. There's no depth in Canada. That's the issue. The it players. is. Once, once you lose your number one, there is no number two. You're Never dead. mind a three or four. So, I mean, you really have to, to, to look at that and find out what's going on. So, Danny Machocha wants to take a good hard look at the rash of QB injuries. Are they going to come up with the same conclusion and then do something about the ratio, or are they just going to say, oh, no, it must be because all of these chairs are missing legs or something stupid like that? I don't know. Are they, are they going to take a, a, a shot at the ratio because of this? But is there a rash of quarterback injuries? Let's look at the stats. Oh, wait a minute. There's no stats. Okay, sorry. Move on. Okay. But well, let's look at the, the things. Vernon Adams has been injured. He missed three games, three or four games. Um, mm-hmm. Dane Evans is now injured. Okay. Jake Mayer is okay. David Cornelius was okay. Um, Trevor Harris is out for the season. Mason Fine is out for a couple of games. So we're already at, what, four. 
Um, Zach Caleros is out by for a couple of games. Um, Chad Kelly's been fine. But Levi Mitchell's been seriously injured twice. Uh, Matthew Schlitz mm-hmm. is gone for the season. Um, I think there's another one over there somewhere too. Uh, Montreal, Cody Fajardo missed a couple of games. In Ottawa, who was their starter in Ottawa? Because they lost him, right? Jeremiah Mazzoli. He didn't show up. Um, oh, yeah. Who 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 was the, who started for them? And he got injured, and so they rushed Mazzoli back, and he got injured. Doesn't matter. Well, I don't remember his name, but I know who he's talking about. Arbuckle. 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 No, it wasn't. It wasn't Arbuckle. No. It was somebody else. Anyhow, Ottawa's lost three quarterbacks. Three of them. Okay. So BC lost two. Um, Saskatchewan's lost two. Uh, that's four, five, five in the West alone. Um, three in in Hamilton. Four in Mon- the fourth in Montreal, Ottawa's another three. That's seven. So we've lost twelve quarterbacks for various periods of time out of nine. We've lost twelve out of nine. Not, not a good situation. So he's not like the non-contact. Like fine, uh, fine, and um, Mazzoli were non-contact injuries, right? So we have to exclude right. them from what Machocha is saying. Mhm. Yeah. So I do think something has to has to change in the CFL, but I don't think you need to implement more rules into trying to protect them. I don't like that idea at all. I mean, as a contact uh, sport, quarterbacks are supposed to get hit. We know what the answer is, it, but it, you're not going to not going to reduce the ratio. Well, that is that is the problem. I mean, that's the elephant in the room. But they're not going to do it. I don't dis- I don't disagree with you. Okay, moving on, just because we can. Um, the other guy who was in Alvin Ottawa was Tyree Adams. I'm sorry. The other guy who was in Alvin Ottawa was Tyree Adams. Tyree Adams, yes. He was the guy that came. Tyree Adams is the one that came in after uh, Mazzoli. Yeah. And he is gone for the season. Right. And, and, um, yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Edmonton Elks. Um, they went off, they fired Victor Ty. And I don't know why. I, I don't know how much of this could have been blamed on him. But they fired him. They thought that this was what they should do because they couldn't fire Chris Jones. So they fired just Victor. And uh, in the meantime, they are um, bringing in Lick, Rick Larishel as Larishel, Larishel. Um, as the interim president. Now, he previously was the president for, what, six or eight years or something like this, and he he retired from that position. Then he came over to BC, and he took over that as an interim position until the BC Lions got established and stable, and, and, and the ownership changed. 
and uh, now they brought it back to Winnipeg or back to Edmonton to to try to turn this mess around. Now, do you think that Rick Larishell can get a handle on Chris Jones? Do you think he has to? Uh, what needs to happen here? Um, Charles. Uh, well, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. We'll see, well, let's see how they finish out the season to begin with. But at the end of the year, if they're like 2-16, and 16, are they going to start to do a house clean and do a new GM, new coach? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But um, something's going to be going to turn around. I, I've heard people say, oh, they need to have private ownership. I, mean, I don't think it's got anything to do with it. I don't think that's, that's going to be the success or not. I think that someone trying to find an easy answer. They're going to get a better team. That's just... You start winning again, and Edmonton fans have shown up when Edmonton has had a good team. I mean, they're not showing up now because they haven't won. They haven't had a home win in four years. Who wants to show up for that? But if you put a competitive team on the field, you get a good football team. You put a put a good team on the field. I think people will start coming back. But it all starts with turning the team around. Uh, is uh, is um, Trey Ford going to be the guy there to turn things around? We're going to have to wait and see. But I think, um, you know what, that's where it starts. Get a competitive team on the field. Now, you know, nine games or 20 games of losing streaks and start winning some games, start being competitive, and people will start showing up. And that will turn the franchise around. To me, it starts there. Okay. Do you think this is going to make a difference there, William? Really? I don't think it'll make it. I don't think it'll make a difference because they hired a retired guy. So, like, are they just are, are they just filling the hole for this year because they've given up? Or, like, did they need a president? No, no, why, did, why, didn't they, why didn't they make Chris Jones the president, too? You know what I mean? Because regardless of what we think, I'm pretty sure they're not getting rid of Chris Jones. He's got a four-year contract, and he's only in year number two. So are they going to go the way of Mike O'Shea, and hopefully it gets better? But... I mean, it can't get much worse than it is. And I mean, when you haven't won a game, when you haven't won a game since two thousand, when you haven't, if you haven't won a game since two thousand nineteen, your own building, how the fuck are you still got fans? Like, wow. So, but once again, Edmonton is a community-run team, correct? So, yes, I don't know. So I don't know actually, what I don't think they are. Yeah, they are, I think. Edmonton, yes. Edmonton is. Edmonton, isn't it Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and and uh, Winnipeg? Winnipeg, yeah. Those three teams. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Have they given up on this year, hiring a retired guy? Because he's certainly not going to turn this around. He just thought, hey, free money, I get a salary for 
a year. Is that the president's job to, to field a better team? I, I'm not exactly sure what the president. I'm not exactly sure what the president's job is, but isn't uh, isn't what's his name? The president in Winnipeg, Rudy? Yes, he is. He's the guy that hired yes, O'Shea he is. and brought in Kyle Walters. He hired he O'Shea got, and he hired. Yeah. So maybe it is. I'm not sure. But he's a foot, we had we had a president before that wasn't a football guy, and it, and the situation got worse in Winnipeg. Was a disaster. Correct. So, correct. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if it's that important to have a football guy as a president. Maybe a director of player of personnel or op- uh, football operations or something like that. But the president is is the president of a company, guy. and he doesn't necessarily need to know what the business as long as he's a good businessman. And I think right Victor guy. had the right attitude. And I, I, I think the fans liked him. I think a lot of things were going right with Victor Chu, and it just it just didn't happen for the Elks for for the on field reasons, not the off field reasons. I don't think off field reasons were the problem with that football club. I heard a comment from the new uh, president. Um, he said he wants to talk to Ambrosia about this operations cap. So maybe he'll be the uh, he'll get some change in that. Uh, in that area. Well, it needs to change. I mean, Edmonton is now sucking to tit on, on what's his name? Victor's um, payroll. Yeah. They're going to be over the cap because they had to, they're still paying him. He's going to get paid for the season, but he's been removed. That is just something that shouldn't happen. Just because of contractual obligations, if the person's no longer with the team, then the salary shouldn't be against the team. This is not well, rocket science. No, and what it does is it prevents bad teams from getting better, and we all want a, a, teams to get better, right? I understand having a salary cap on Winnipeg, BC, and Toronto right now because, okay, well, okay, one guy wants one team wants to have twenty scouts. Well, no, you can't. You have a management cap. You can't. You can't get that better. You, you're already a good team. You're not firing your coach. You're not firing your coordinators. You're not firing anybody. So you should have a cap that you have to stay within a certain amount of boundaries. I don't have a problem with that. Not at all. But Saskatchewan would have fired their coaches, coach and manager last year if it wasn't for the cap. And they're terrible this year. Edmonton would have fired their coach, even though I don't think they should. But that's just me. I'm probably the only one that's defending Chris Jones. Um, Hamilton needs to clean house over there. And, I mean, they've got Scott Milanovic in, sitting in the wings waiting to take over. But you can't get rid of Orlando Steinauer because you're paying him too much money. I don't know. I, I, I Simply, I don't know. I don't understand how all of this is going to work, work out. But you're 100% correct, Rudy. I mean, uh, Larishelle wants to talk to Commie, Commissioner, what's his name? <laughs> Randy Ambrosi. 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 Yeah, Ambrosi. Right? And talk to him about this because it, it needs to change. It's, it, it's detrimental to the league. It is detrimental to the league. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and the last thing that we're going to talk about here today is the three down nations put together a mid-season CFL all-star list. Uh, Oh, number one quarterback in the CFL is Chad Kelly. Running back is Brady Oliveira. Yeah. What, how can you be upset about that? I mean, obviously Chad Kelly is the reason that Toronto is winning. Um, receivers, Sean Bain in Saskatchewan, Austin Mack in Montreal, Keon Hatcher in BC, Dalton Schoen in Winnipeg, and Nick Dembski in Winnipeg. Uh, offensive lineman, Darrell Braxton is number one line, uh, O-lineman with the BC Lions. Uh, Landon Bryce is Montreal. Brandon Reve- Ravenberg with Hamilton. Oh, my God, how does that even happen? Ryan Hamilton. Hunter in Toronto. Uh, going down the list, defensive line, Matthew Betts, number one in, from the BC Lions, Willie Jefferson with Mont, uh, with Winnipeg, Mike Rose in Calgary, Dwayne Hendricks in Toronto. These are in order, okay? Uh, linebackers, Winton McManus in, in Toronto, Micah Ah in Calgary, and um, Andreas Pickett in Toronto. Defensive back, Gary Peters out of BC. Brandon Danrich out of Ottawa. Um, Danielle Robertson out of Toronto. Diedrich Nichols from Winnipeg. And Royce Nietzsche out of Toronto. Kickers, special teams, Sean White. Leone, uh, Richie Leone out of Ottawa. Javon Leak out of Toronto and Carthay Flowers Lloyd out of Hamilton. Who the fuck is that? That's it. That's your mid-season all-star. Anything interesting? Anything you want to say? Arguments? Rudy, do you have an argument there? Do you think Zach Blair should be the number one quarterback? I would say, I mean, B.A. or Zach, both those guys have better first halves than Chad Kelly. Now, Chad Kelly's played good football, but he's not number one. Let's that's, oh, that's, I'm guessing that guy's from whoever put that list together is some delusional well, report. Out of the three quarterbacks that you have just named, he's the only one that hasn't been injured. Yeah, but well, I mean, one That's game. Not a lot to do with it. I'm just saying. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay, Charles, you've been quiet for a while. You have anything to say? Anything to add here? Because otherwise, I'm going to shut off the show. Who do they have as the running backs? Um, uh, Brady Oliveira. And number two would okay, be uh, a- AJ, OJ, Olay, or AJ whatever the guy in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, it's not no, how no, you no, pronounce no. his name. Olay. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's Ule. You know, in the middle of the season, they can change in the second half. But uh, for what it is, I think you probably got. Um, 
It's a pretty fair list, I would say. It is. It's not a bad list, right? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you if you look at the the receiver, I don't know. It's a, it's a different year. That's all we got to say about it. Yeah. Okay, William, do you have anything to say? Add anything? Words of wisdom from you? No, you know what? I don't. The list is not that bad. I guess he could debate the quarterback thing, but he has, you know, he's played well considering he's a rookie. Um, cert, certainly isn't Jake Mayer. Um, so no. running backs, I guess. Yeah, I guess Oliveira is okay. I mean, there's nobody scintillating this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that list. I mean, the I, top I three quarterbacks was... in are on the top three teams. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, right. like, hard to argue anything else, right? I mean, it's just the nope. way that it is. Nope. Nope. You know. I okay. Okay. Mean... Um, I'm I'm gonna to go to bed. So um, okay, me too. This, this is Tim. Let's talk CFL podcast episode number five hundred and forty-four. It's actually I forgot the word podcast in my um, title. Oh well, big deal. Five hundred and forty-four. It's been your host, Chris Jones. I've been a little quiet here because Mark is uh, sleeping and uh, uh, not quite as emotional as what I usually am. And uh, I'm on, quite honestly, I'm tired. I need to go to sleep. Uh, so I'm going to say good night and uh, uh, Charles, go at it. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening and uh, enjoy this weekend's games, and we will talk to you next Wednesday. Okay, and Rudy. Good night, everyone. Looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Be a sold out crowd in Winnipeg, and uh, go blue. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're rooting for Montreal. Trust me. Um, <laughs> William, William, say good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. I am a hundred percent confident that uh, Winnipeg is going to beat BC this week. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, just just so moronic.